Chapter Thirteen of France and England in North America, Part Three, La Salle, Discovery of the Great West. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio. InterfaceAudio.com. La Salle, Discovery of the Great West by francis parkman jr chapter thirteen sixteen eighty fort crevasseur building of the fort loss of the griffin a bold resolution another vessel hennepin sent to the mississippi departure of la salle la salle now resolved to leave the indian camp and fortify himself for the winter in a strong position where his men would be less exposed to dangerous influence and where he could hold his ground against an outbreak of the illinois or an iroquois invasion at the middle of january a thaw broke up the ice which had closed the river and he set out in a canoe with hennepin to visit the site he had chosen for his projected fort it was half a league below the camp on a low hill or knoll two hundred yards from the southern bank on either side was a deep ravine and in front a marshy tract overflowed at high water thither then the party was removed they dug a ditch behind the hill connecting the two ravines and thus completely isolating it the hill was nearly square in form an embankment of earth was thrown up on every side its declivities were sloped steeply down to the bottom of the ravines and the ditch, and further guarded by the chevaux de frise, while a palisade, twenty-five feet high, was planted around the hole. The lodgings of the men, built of musket-proof timber, were at two of the angles, the house of the friars at the third, the forge and magazine at the fourth, and the tents of La Salle and Tonti in the area within hennepin laments the failure of wine which prevented him from saying mass but every morning and evening he summoned the men to his cabin to listen to prayers and preaching and on sundays and fete days they chanted vespers father zenobe usually spent the day in the indian camp striving with very indifferent success to win them to the faith and to overcome the disgust with which their manners and habits inspired him such was the first civilized occupation of the region which now forms the state of illinois la salle christened his new fort fort crevasseur the name tells of disaster and suffering but does no justice to the iron-hearted constancy of the sufferer up to this time he had clung to the hope that his vessel the griffin might still be safe her safety was vital to his enterprise she had on board articles of the last necessity to him including the rigging and anchors of another vessel which he was to build at fort crevasseur in order to descend the mississippi and sail thence to the west indies but now his last hope had well nigh vanished past all reasonable doubt the griffin was lost and in her loss he and all his plans seemed ruined alike nothing indeed was ever heard of her indians fur traders and even jesuits have been charged with contriving her destruction some say that the ottawas boarded and burned her after murdering those on board others accuse the potawatomies others affirm that her own crew scuttled and sunk her others again that she foundered in a storm 
as for la salle the belief grew in him to a settled conviction that she had been treacherously sunk by the pilot and the sailors to whom he had entrusted her and he thought he had found evidence that the authors of the crime laden with the merchandise they had taken from her had reached the mississippi and ascended it hoping to join dulut a famous chief of the courier de bois and enrich themselves by traffic with the northern tribes but whether her lading was swallowed in the depths of the lake or lost in the clutches of traders the evil was alike past remedy she was gone it mattered little how the mainstay of the enterprise was broken yet its inflexible chief lost neither heart nor hope one path beset with hardships and terrors still lay open to him he might return on foot to fort frontenac and bring thence the needful succors la salle felt deeply the dangers of such a step his men were uneasy discontented and terrified by the stories with which the jealous illinois still constantly filled their ears of the whirlpools and the monsters of the mississippi he dreaded lest in his absence they should follow the example of their comrades and desert in the midst of his anxieties a lucky accident gave him the means of disabusing them he was hunting one day near the fort when he met a young illinois on his way home half starved from a distant war excursion he had been absent so long that he knew nothing of what had passed between his countrymen and the french la salle gave him a turkey he had shot invited him to the fort fed him and made him presents having thus warmed his heart he questioned him with apparent carelessness as to the countries he had visited and especially as to the mississippi on which the young warrior seeing no reason to disguise the truth gave him all the information he required la salle now made him the present of a hatchet to engage him to say nothing of what had passed and leaving him in excellent humor repaired with some of his followers to the illinois camp here he found the chiefs seated at a feast of bear's meat and he took his place among them on a mat of rushes after a pause he charged them with having deceived him in regard to the mississippi adding that he knew the river perfectly having been instructed concerning it by the master of life he then described it to them with so much accuracy that his astonished hearers conceiving that he had owed his knowledge to medicine or sorcery clapped their hands to their mouths in sign of wonder and confessed that all they had said was but an artifice inspired by their earnest desire that he should remain among them on this la salle's men took heart again and their courage rose still more when soon after a band of chickasaw arkansas and osage warriors from the mississippi came to the camp on a friendly visit and assured the french not only that the river was navigable to the sea but that the tribes along its banks would give them a warm welcome la salle had now good reason to hope that his followers would neither mutiny nor desert in his absence one chief purpose of his intended journey was to procure the anchors cables and rigging of the vessel which he meant to build at fort crevasseur and he resolved to see her on the stocks before he set out this was no easy matter for the pitsawyers had deserted seeing he writes that i should lose a year if i waited to get others from montreal i said one day before my people that i was so vexed to find that the absence of two sawyers would defeat my plans and make all my trouble useless 
that i was resolved to try to saw the planks myself if i could find a single man who would help me with a will hereupon two men stepped forward and promised to do their best they were tolerably successful and the rest being roused to emulation the work went on with such vigor that within six weeks the hull of the vessel was half finished she was of forty tons burden and was built with high bulwarks to protect those on board from indian arrows la salle now bethought him that in his presence he might get from hennepin service of more value than his sermons and he requested him to descend the illinois and explore it to its mouth the friar though hardy and daring would fain have excused himself alleging a troublesome bodily infirmity but his venerable colleague ribourde himself too old for the journey urged him to go telling him that if he died by the way his apostolic labors would rebound to the glory of god mombre had been living for some time in the indian camp and was thoroughly out of humor with the objects of his missionary efforts of whose obduracy and filth he bitterly complained hennepin proposed to take his place while he should assume the mississippi adventure but this mombre declined preferring to remain where he was hennepin now reluctantly accepted the proposed task anybody but me he says with his usual modesty would have been very much frightened at the dangers of such a journey and in fact if i had not placed all my trust in god i should not have seen the dupe of sieur de la salle who exposed my life rashly on the last day of february hennepin's canoe lay at the water's edge and the party gathered on the bank to bid him farewell he had two companions michael Acau and a man known as the picard de gay though his real name was antoine Ogel. the canoe was well laden with gifts for the indians tobacco knives beads awls and other goods to a very considerable value supplied at la salle's cost and in fact observed hennepin he is liberal enough towards his friends the friar bade farewell to la salle and embraced all the rest in turn father riborde gave him his benediction be of good courage and let your heart be comforted said the excellent old missionary as he spread his hands in benediction over the shaven crown of the reverend traveller duguay and Aka plied their paddles the canoe receded and vanished at length behind the forest we will follow hennepin hereafter on his adventures imaginary and real meanwhile we will trace the footsteps of his chief urging his way in the storms of winter through those vast and gloomy wilds those realms of famine treachery and death that lay betwixt him and his far distant goal of fort frontenac on the first of march before the frost was yet out of the ground when the forest was still leafless and the oozy prairies still patched with snow a band of discontented men were again gathered on the shore for another leave-taking hard by the unfinished ship lay on the stalks white and fresh from the saw and axe ceaselessly reminding them of the hardship and peril that was in store here you would have seen the calm impenetrable face of la salle and with him the mohegan hunter who seems to have felt towards him that admiring attachment which he could always inspire in his indian retainers besides the mohegan four frenchmen were to accompany him hunat la violet colin and dautray 
his parting with Tonti was an anxious one, for each well knew the risks that environed both. Embarking with his followers in two canoes, he made his way upward amid the drifting ice, while the faithful Italian, with two or three honest men and twelve or thirteen knaves, remained to hold Fort Crevasseur in his absence. End of chapter 13 Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, InterfaceAudio.com